You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. Looking for the latest on the A's minor leagues? One of the latest additions to A's Cast is The Farm. A look around the minor leagues with interviews, updates, and profiles on the future A's tearing up the minors. Welcome to our A's Farm podcast. I'm your host, AthleticsFarm.com Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty. And today, we're going to be talking with two guys who know as much about the A's hitting and pitching prospects as anyone. We're going to be joined by A's Minor League Pitching Coordinator Gil Patterson, as well as A's Minor League Hitting Coordinator Jim Eppard. We last talked to them a couple months ago, just before the draft. But now that we're nearing the end of the minor league season, we wanted to be sure and check back in with them and get their takes on some of the team's most promising young prospects. In just a bit, we're going to be talking with hitting coordinator Jim Eppert about some of the team's most talented young hitters, guys like Jorge Mateo, Sean Murphy, and Sheldon Noisy. But first, we talked with pitching coordinator Gil Patterson, and we got his insights on some of the team's top pitching prospects like Jesus Lazardo, A.J. Puck, James Caprillion, and many more. So thanks a lot for joining us today, Gil. Well, I'm glad I'm able to. Just got back from the Dominican Republic uh, last night, and I head to Beloit, Wisconsin tomorrow. So it's a quick turnaround. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was just about to ask you. I know you do a lot of traveling in your, uh, your role there. Where else have you been over the past uh, few weeks? I know you're quite the globetrotter. Well, and you're right, I am. But uh, between Las Vegas and then Midland and then Stockton, then Beloit, then Burlington, Vermont, Mesa, Arizona, and Dominican. So if the A's add a couple more teams, I'll be a little bit busier. But so far, that's how many I go to. <laughs> well, ho- hopefully they keep it at uh, that manageable number anyway. Yeah. Well, obviously, you've had your eyes on uh, just about everyone in the system uh, fairly recently. Let me ask you about a few of the high-profile guys who are, who are coming back and uh, trying to get back in the groove here to start with. And, of course, everyone's, uh, you know, he's got great interest in Jesus Lazardo. Um, you know, he made a start at Stockton. Now he's pitching for Vegas. You know, he missed a big chunk of the season. So where do you feel he's at in terms of just sort of getting back in the groove of, of pitching and feeling like himself once again? Well, you're exactly right, Bill. And uh, about six days ago, he had three extremely good innings in Stockton, I believe, with three innings and seven strikeouts. He did pitch for us last night and went into the fourth inning in Las Vegas. Uh, talking a little bit to Rick Rodriguez, the, the uh, Vegas pitching coach, he said he might have been a little bit too uh, geeked up, too you know, high emotionally, and maybe tried to overthrow some, and that throws you out of your rhythm. And he wasn't quite as sharp as he was in the game in Stockton. So five days from now, uh, he'll pitch again. And uh, the, the, the progress he's making as far as how he feels is extremely good or our strength and mission and athletic training staff have done a great job with him. And now, just like you said, for him to know that he throws hard, but he's still a power pitcher, not just a thrower. And uh, I think that transition he is, he is starting to make. But I think last night he was probably just a little bit too, uh, just too pumped up. Uh, but I'm looking forward to what he does five days from now. 
Yeah, it seems like usually when he's at his best, he seems very calm, cool, and collected, and and like he's not even going to break a sweat. So uh, if he's a little amped up, that's probably not his usual uh, mode of operation anyway. You're you're exactly right. I mean, when he gets too amped up, you know, some people you have to calm them down to get them going. You know, the arousal level for pitchers is extremely important. If it's too high, you're running in the red, you're throwing balls all over the place, but not for strikes. And then there are other guys but you have to light a fire under him to get him going. And he's right. certainly one that in most cases you need him to calm down. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about another guy there uh, at Las Vegas as well of great interest. And that's AJ Puck. He's been throwing out of the bullpen. From my understanding, he's been throwing pretty hard, sometimes to success. And, and sometimes he's been giving up a few home runs as well, I know. But where do you feel AJ Puck's at on, on his road back to, to becoming himself once again after Tommy John surgery? Um, Bill, I mean, you're exactly right. If if you just looked at his, at his just his pure stuff, the velocity and the strikes, and sometimes the strikeouts, you'd be very happy. But you're right. The consistency of his performance has been a little bit of a roller coaster, which you just mentioned. However, with that said, there's other kind of uh, issues that sometimes paint a different picture. Uh, in yesterday's case, he made a couple pitches that arguably you could have said was strike. Then he had to throw another one because they weren't called a strike, and the guy hit a home run. And we both, all of us, know that in Vegas, sometimes fly balls do become home runs instead of just a, a fly out. But for the most part, with the way he is uh, pitching and responding to his innings of work, whether it be one or two so far, we've been very happy with, again, the uh, athletic training and the uh, strength and conditioning have done a great job in bringing him back. Uh, and so it's just nice to see. And, it, and he's still just doing it for the most part with only – kind of with only two of his four pitches. Uh, it's mostly the fastball at 97 to 99, the slider at 91 and two. He is mixing in a few curveballs, just one or two. And he hasn't really almost been able to throw uh, his best pitch yet with his, we arguably is his changeup. Just, just from a health standpoint, he's just been progressing so well this way uh, that we've been happy with it. But no, we're, we're happy with this progress. Well, that's what I heard, that he wasn't throwing the change up, that it that hurt his elbow a little bit when he did, so he's staying away from it and just succeeding with those other pitches. But it sounds like, uh, from the comments out of Oakland, that everybody, David Forrest, Bob Melvin, they're, they're all eager to get him up there in the, in the A's bullpen uh, before too, too long anyway. I certainly hope so. I think he uh, uh, can be an asset to us. Now, another guy there in Vegas uh, is Jarrell Cotton, also coming back from the Tommy John surgery. Seems like he's had a hard time getting back in the groove. He's struggled a bit pitching out of the bullpen. But where do you feel Cotton's at, and what do you feel he's dealing with? What are the the, the hurdles that he's got to get over at this stage of the game? You know, for the poor kid, it's not bad enough. He had Tommy John coming back. He had the hamstring where he pulled that for a while and missed right. some time with the hamstring injury. So um, his, his progression is just like you said, I think maybe a, a combination it's not the easiest, you know, even when they have these openers, it's not always the easiest for an opener to start. And then sometimes for a starter to come in later in the inning, but again, they're professionals. Uh, they're at every level, including the major league. So they better learn to do it if they want to keep performing and uh, at a high level in the major leagues. And it kind of goes the same way for Cott. Um, I, I think to a certain point coming in sometimes in the middle of the game, he's had some adjustments too. Uh, but again, the, I think the biggest thing going forward is that the health of his arm and the way he responds from game to game is very good. I, I, you know, most pitchers that come back from Tommy John, the first three or four months, it's 12 to 13 months, then they can pitch. And just about in every case, 
and there's always going to be an outlier, just about in every case, the performance in those first months, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, is not nearly as good as it is after that. So, right. you know, you're talking about AJ, you've talked about, you know, Jarrell, right. and so it's just they're, they're pitching well, but uh, the good thing is they feel healthy, and going forward, they're going to pitch a whole lot better. Yeah, with a lot of these guys, I know it's just a, a relief to know that they're they're feeling healthy and can pitch anyway at this stage of the game. Uh, and then you can you can work on how they're pitching after after that's established. Now another guy that's in that same boat, very high profile prospect is James Caprillion. He's been pitching at Midland after starting out at, at Stockton, and he's been doing very well. His last few outings have been very solid. He's uh, you know not giving up a lot of hits. He's getting his strikeouts isn't you know walking a lot of guys seems to be showing pretty good command for a guy that's coming back from uh, Tommy John but what are your impressions of where James Caprillion's at right now and I don't know if his velocity has been ticking up at all or not but you may have something to offer on that as well no the, the really they have three pitchers there that have had uh, some injuries uh, Dalton Jeffries uh, Grant Holmes and like you said Cap and all three of them are performing extremely well. The velocities, all three of them basically average 93 and four. They touch higher. And like you said, Cap, when he started in Stockton, uh, Dalton and Holmesy, for the most part, have been in, in Midland most of the year. And uh, we found some things with uh, Cap when we were in Stockton, when I was in there, a couple few adjustments. Steve Conley uh, has even uh, taken it to another level uh, of getting him better from a delivery standpoint. Uh, the strength and conditioning and the arm care with the trainer, Justin Whitehouse there has been very good. And just like you said, he is bouncing back better almost from game to game. Some days the next day he'll say, I don't even feel like I pitched yesterday. <laughs> and uh, if I'm not, if I'm correct, I think just about all three have close to 80 innings right now. And uh, that, that's a very good comeback from, from almost having very few innings, if, if any at all last year. So we're very pleased. And, uh, with the sharpness of their breaking balls, with the location, and, and with the uh, average velocity of their fastballs. Yeah, it would certainly be good to see those guys being able to throw uh, more innings uh, next year uh, and really let it loose a little more. I was going to ask you about Holmes and Jeffries, who you mentioned. I know particularly Holmes has had some really impressive outings lately. I think his last couple of outings have been, you know, two of the best he's had all season. So he seems to really be gaining strength and confidence again after all the shoulder issues he, he, he had experienced. It is so great to see, especially when you have really all of the pitchers you mentioned that have had some injury issues, the way uh, our organization works to get them better, but even in particular, how hard they work to get better. And, uh, and like you said, Holmes' uh, last game, arguably, I think was five innings, nine punch outs, uh, pitching at 94 and five and uh, quickness and sharpness to a breaking ball. It's very, very rewarding to see. Uh, let me ask you about a, a, just a couple more guys before we let you go. And two guys of interest to me are Parker Dunchy and Brian Howard. We always sort of think of them together. Uh, they both got some time at AAA. They both struggled in their early AAA outings. It looks like Parker Dunchy has started to settle in a bit. His last few outings have been a little more solid. Uh, Brian Howard was just recently sent back to AA after struggling through his first few outings at AAA. Can you talk a little bit about that transition to AAA and, and what the challenges are there and what guys like that face at that level and what hurdles they have to overcome once they get to the AAA level? Yeah, well, well, I think this. You know, uh, both of them performed so well 
um, in in Double A. And you know, it's interesting because even Lozardo last year when he went from Double A AA to Triple A didn't set the world on fire there. And there right. is sometimes there is a learning curve, you know, and and uh, you know you know it better than anybody, and all your fans know it that listen to you. So the learning curve sometimes doesn't happen overnight. And sometimes when you go up, you know, if all of us pitch against a little league team right now would pitch pretty well, but then all of a sudden you pitch against triple A and a big league team. And the same thing that you did in little league, you can't get away with. And so that's where the learning comes from. And so I certainly think with the way uh, uh, Howard and Dunchy both have a feel for pitching of commanding the baseball stuff wise, you know, they're not 95 mile an hour guys, so they're going to have to pitch. They're going to have to locate and pitch. And I think um, this is going to be a great learning experience for, for Brian. I mean, he just like you said, we did have to send him back because of the number of, of major league players or, or other pitchers right. that we have in Vegas. And so Park, on the other hand, just like you said, uh, he did pretty well. Then he hit that little, you know, lower end in the roller coaster. And now he's picking it back up again. So he's learning from his experience of how to pitch and get better. And uh, just like you said, I, I like both of them. Um, and I'm looking forward to see what Brian can do again next year, if not this year in AAA, uh, certainly next year. And one final guy who really seems to be falling into the groove at uh, AAA lately is Paul Blackburn. You know, he had some injury issues as well last year. And just in this last month or so, He's really had some really terrific outings there for Las Vegas. Do you feel he's he's finally kind of getting comfortable, maybe getting back to where he he was before, and and could potentially be a a major league weapon again in the in the near future? I think so. You know, and and this is why again uh, his velocity has actually crept up a little bit too, which which does make a difference. But even more so, what makes a difference is the way you command. Just like we talked earlier, the way you command your fastball, especially. And if you're able to throw your off-speed pitches uh, behind in the count for strikes and ahead in the strikes for expansion. And he certainly can. And like you said, he put up some numbers in a league that pitchers usually don't do when you go <laughs> seven innings and give up five hits and no runs. That does not happen very often. And he's had a, a number of outings like that. And it's just a credit to how hard he works. And just like you said, the, he had a small sample size in the big leagues. It wasn't effective this year. But he's done it before. He's walked the walk before in the major leagues and pitched credibly. And uh, he knows what to do. And uh, like you said, uh, if you're going to be happy, you couldn't be any happier than you would be for Paul. Yeah, well, it never hurts to have uh, uh, some more major league-ready pitchers uh, with, uh, with major league experience as well, right? Correct. I'm surprised, Bill, you didn't ask me about the pitcher we had last night in Midland who threw 101. Uh, before we let you go, why don't you tell us about the pitcher yeah. who threw 101 yeah. middle last night? Real, real quick, the report from Steve Conley, uh, his name is Waddison Charles. He's, he's moved up quite, quite quickly uh, from the Dominican Republic. And he's always thrown hard, uh, but sometimes couldn't throw it inside. Uh, uh, if, if he was in a boat and he threw a pitch, it wouldn't even hit the water. So, but he has, gotten, he has gotten much better. And last night, I guess the first pitch he throws, he slips. And it's 95. <laughs> so like the next seven out of the next 14 or 101. <laughs> and, uh, and over the plate. And so yeah, as far, he's like a big bear that you just, your daughter, your son or daughter that's five years old would just love to play with. He is one of the nicest human beings on the planet. But when a baseball in his hand, it, he, he can rock and fire. And it was just nice to see that last night, reading the report from Steve Conley. Um, sure. 
95 was the first pitch he slipped, and then 101 after that. So it was pretty neat. <laughs> well, I guess and the most impressive thing, it sounds like, is he, he was consistently throwing at 101. It wasn't just one pitch, but he threw a, threw a bunch <laughs> of them at 101. Yes, he sure did. I've seen him on the mound, and he certainly, even though you say he's a he's a nice, warm, cuddly teddy bear off the mound, he certainly <laughs> cuts a very imposing figure on the mound. That That's for sure. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for joining us, Gil. We appreciate it. And we'll, uh, we'll look forward to talking to you more again in the future. Very good. Thanks, Bill. Stay tuned for more on the Ace Farm podcast coming right up. After talking with Gil Patterson about some of the A's pitching prospects, we took the opportunity to talk with hitting coordinator Jim Eppard about some of the team's top hitting prospects. Hey, thanks for joining me today, Jim. My pleasure, Bill. Anytime. Well, I wanted to uh, get your take on a, on a bunch of guys in the system, but I wanted to start out by talking about some of the guys at the highest level at AAA. And I actually wanted to start out with a guy who was just recently – called up by the A's, and that's second baseman Corbin Joseph. You know, he's an interesting story because he's a 30-year-old minor league veteran who was taken by the A's in the minor league Rule 5 draft. Pretty much any any team could have taken him at that point, but the A's did. And then he spent uh, much of the year at Las Vegas uh, with uh, the best batting average in the Pacific Coast League, and uh, now he's gotten the opportunity to go up and, and play for the big club. What did you see out of Corbin Joseph during his time at Las Vegas? And what do you feel about his his ability to, to contribute at the major league level at this point? Yeah, it's really a great story. I mean, uh, being 30 years old and then finally getting called up. And, you know, he basically, to me, he had to knock the door down. You know, he had to do it day, day in and day out. And uh, this guy just hits. Uh, he was born to hit. He uses the whole field. He's got a little bit of power controls the strike zone, uh, just a, you know, really a top-notch quality hitter. And he's a professional. He just comes in there and, and grinds it out every single day. Um, what he brings to the big league team is a, a really quality left-handed bat. And uh, he can, uh, like I said, use the whole field. And uh, he's a tough out. I don't care if he's in the big leagues or if he's in AAA. He's going to be a very tough out, and he's going to give you a competitive at bat. He seems like maybe one of those older guys who, who's used his time in the minors wisely and has maybe, you know, learned a few things over the years and, and made some adjustments to really start to make himself a better player, kind of, you know, somewhat late in the game anyway. Right, right. Um, you know, I think he, you're right. I think he's taken his experiences over his uh, his career and he's kind of put them all together and uh, he's just a pro. Uh, he, he just comes every single day and he has his routines. He goes out uh, in, in the cage and uh, executes those routines. And then, uh, you know, it takes it into BP. And then uh, once the game starts, uh, he's ready to go. Well, another interesting infielder to talk about is Franklin Barreto. Of course, when the A's called him up, he was on an incredible tear in, in AAA, you know, just hitting the cover off the ball. And, you know, we all know he's had some struggles when he's had some time in the major leagues. I'm curious to get your take on, you know, what was he doing that was that was making him so successful uh, at AAA when he was called up? And, you know, what, what accounts for some of the struggles he's had in the majors? And what do you think he, he needs to do to have that success at the major league level that everyone would like to see for him? Yeah, it's been an interesting year for Franklin. Um, 
you know, he didn't, he didn't really get off to a great start and struggled uh, as a matter of fact. And then, you know, he finally did come around and once he started to come around, he got really hot and was playing extremely well. Uh, and then he got called up and I'm not sure if he, uh, um, exactly what happened with him, but, uh, it sure wasn't the same guy that we had seen, uh, in triple a, um, you know, that's probably a little bit deeper than, uh, what I'm qualified to answer because of, you know, my time in and out of there. Uh, but at the time of his call up, he was probably as good a hitter in the PCL as there was. So, uh, it's going to take one of these times for him to get to Oakland and just feel like, you know, I'm comfortable, I belong here, and then uh, and just play like you do. But uh, we probably haven't hit that hit that time yet. But still a very young man, very talented, and uh, he's got a lot of things to work with. Yeah, it seems he seems kind of like the guy that maybe he does need to sort of get into that comfort level or that, that at least a mental comfort level where he feels like he he does belong there, and you know he doesn't need to you know produce tomorrow maybe if he. If he feels a little more comfortable, it seems like he might have a little more confidence and, and be able to succeed a little more. Yeah, you know, I think another aspect of that whole thing is that uh, you get the feeling of that. I don't. Here's my opportunity. I don't want to go up there and blow it. You know. Right. So you just you, you just pile that little bit of extra pressure on yourself, and sometimes that's all you need. And, and then when you're trying to compete against the best players in the world, it uh, it, it shows up in a hurry. Uh, so yeah, we're really looking forward to one of these times where he's just going to feel like I belong here. Well, one guy who uh, at AAA who seems to have found his comfort level uh, this season is uh, Sheldon Noisy. You know, he struggled at, at Nashville quite a bit last year, and he's really turned out to be one of the most consistent hitters uh, at Las Vegas this season, and, and he just seems to keep getting better as the season, season goes on there. It's so true. Uh, last year uh, in Nashville, you know, that was – he was really moved through the minor league system very quickly. And I think he, you know, he came up upon an animal that he's not used to seeing yet. And uh, so having gone through those struggles last year, he, he had a, a better idea of what to expect. And uh, he has done a, a very, uh, very much a better job of, uh, of, of playing the game that we know he's capable of. Um, so it's just a matter of, uh, you know, staying with that, and uh, I know he, he struggled a little bit at the beginning, but then uh, once he got going, um, he got super hot, and then he cooled off a little bit, but uh, he's back to swinging the bat extremely well again. Yeah, he certainly has been sw swinging it uh, very well lately, that's for sure. Another guy who's kind of been on a similar trajectory at AAA as, as Noisy is uh, Jorge Mateo. He struggled as well last year at Nashville. But, you know, he's uh, he's certainly uh, looked like a whole different uh, hitter this, this year at Las Vegas. You know, he was just uh, on the injured list for just a little bit. He's back in action again now, but he's really been hitting the ball. What kind of development have you seen uh, both, you know, at the plate and, and, and maybe just mentally for Jorge Mateo this season? Yeah, I mean, he has improved quite a bit. Um, I think uh, – you know, just the experience level of uh, even just one year of, you know, seeing what the Pacific Coast League brings you, which is a lot of different things. You know, there's people yeah. that throw hard. There's people that are really crafty. There's people that have good command of their breaking stuff. Uh, so there's a, a, a lot of different things that can go on for a hitter, especially a young hitter, uh, the, where they those, those uh, AAA pitchers might be able to take advantage of you. 
Um, so, you know, having, having that under his belt now to where, you know, he's used to that. Um, and then I think we, we talked about this last time that I was on was that, uh, you know, he was chasing outside the zone an awful lot last year and he's, right. he's tightened up his strike zone quite a bit. Uh, so he's controlling his zone way better than he used to. Uh, he's laying off some breaking balls early in the count. So that allows him then to get into better hitters counts and then, uh, you know, get a better pitch to hit, uh, especially if it's a fastball. Uh, he's used the whole field. Uh, he's actually tapped into a little bit of power this year. And, uh, you know, we always felt like he did have power. It was just a matter of, you know, trying to get him into that uh, situation where the power would play. And right. uh, the ball jumps off his bat. He's electric. Um, ball Both in the gap are automatic triples. <laughs> and uh, he's just he's a fun player to watch for sure. Yeah, he definitely can uh, motor around the bases once he gets going, that's for sure. <laughs> and uh, yeah. uh, another guy at, uh, at AAA who got off to a good start, and we, we were hoping to see more of him this year. Unfortunately, he's uh, been hurt a bit, and that's Sean Murphy. He's just now recently started getting back into action and in the Arizona League, so hopefully we're going to see him back on the field before too long. But when he was playing, he was certainly – hitting the ball very well, that's for sure. I think he had uh, six home runs and four games at Las Vegas before he ended up uh, hurting the knee again. Uh, like I said, fortunately, he's starting to get back in action down in Arizona. But what did you see out of Sean Murphy when he was healthy and was at the plate this year? It certainly looked like he was hitting the ball with a lot of authority. No question. Yeah, it's been kind of a frustrating year for, for Murphy as well as us because uh, – you know, we want to see this guy play all the time and, and eventually get to the big leagues. But what he has done is he has opened up the entire field. He's not just the pull hitter that he was a couple of years ago in double A. And, uh, you know, by doing that, uh, he's taking away pitches that the, the pitchers are going to try or areas that the pitchers are going to try to go to. And uh, he's taken that away from them. So it's kind of opened up the whole game. And once he did that, uh, he was able to tap into way more power. Uh, consistency, uh, quality, hard, quality of bats and hard contacts went way up. And uh, he's a big, strong kid. He's got a nice swing. And when he hits the ball, he hits it hard. And then a lot of times it goes out of the park. And he was doing that until he got hurt again. So I'm hoping that, uh, that all the injuries are behind him for this year and maybe even for his career. That'd be nice. Then <laughs> uh, he can, uh, you know, get, get, uh, get on track here and then uh, uh, be the player that we think he is. Yeah, well, hopefully we can see him back in action in Las Vegas before uh, too long before their season ends, and uh, maybe uh, in Oakland sometime in September as well. That'd be that'd be nice. There's another catcher at Las Vegas of interest to me as well, and that's Jonah Heim. You know, he seems to have made a lot of big strides this year as well. Yeah, he's been hitting the ball very well. He had his own injury issues too, but when he's been playing, he certainly has been hitting well at Las Vegas. So what have you seen out of uh, out of Jonah Heim this season? Yeah, Jonah's had a really uh, fine season starting in double A. Uh, was just a solid hitter the entire time, both from the left and the right side. Uh, hitting the ball all over the park, showing a little bit of power, uh, controlling the strike zone, taking his walks. Uh, and then he did not miss a beat when he went to Vegas. I was lucky enough to be there when he got there and uh, – you know, he just he just kept playing the same game he was playing down there and taking what they give him. And uh, he's done a nice job of uh, of hitting the ball all over the place and showing a little bit of power. 
Uh, catching has been outstanding. Uh, throwing has been outstanding. This guy played really well, and I think he's put himself on the map. It's great for him. Yeah, now it'd be really nice to see a uh, healthy Sean Murphy and a healthy Jonah Heim, um, maybe in the green and gold at some point uh, in the future. That that would be quite a quite an interesting catching tandem, I think. Uh, one final guy at Las Vegas I wanted to ask you about is uh, Seth Brown. You know, now he's kind of an older guy. I think he's 27, and uh, you know he wasn't a super high draft pick, but. You know, one thing he does is hit the ball hard. <laughs> and, you know, he led the Cal League in home runs a couple of years ago. Uh, he was was leading the Pacific Coast League in home runs. I think he had uh, 34 or so last I looked. He's just been hitting the ball so hard. What do you think about Seth Brown? Uh, what kind of progress has he made in the time that you've been working with him? And what do you feel he's capable of doing uh, with his uh, potential fully realized? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, I think we keep tapping into, or he does, he keeps tapping into, you know, new and improved things that, uh, that he's capable of. And, uh, we've, we've always known that he's big and strong and can hit the ball hard. Uh, I think, uh, in Vegas this year, he, he did get into a little bit of a, uh, pull happy mode. And then once we got him straightened back out into more of the gap to gap mentality, took right back off again. Um, I think once he starts to do those kind of things on his own, he's even going to be better. Um, there's just no talent. I mean, uh, like I said, he's like 27 years old, uh, but there's not a lot of people out there that can, you know, hit the ball as hard or as far or as consistently as, as he can. I think he's leading all triple A and homers. So that's, that's something right there. Uh, you know, he's just, uh, he's going to keep grinding away. He's a great kid and uh, he works hard and, he has a big passion for the game and he loves to play. So there's just no telling where he's going to end up. Well, let me ask you about a couple guys, high profile guys at Stockton that everyone's always interested in as well. And let's start out with Lazarito, Lazaro Armenteras. The last time I was talking to Billy Owens, he talked about him being a, a three outcome player, you know, uh, home runs, walks and, and strikeouts. And he's been, leading Stockton in all, all those categories all season long. Uh, what do you think about uh, Lazaro at this point? And, you know, obviously he's a very raw player when he came into the system as a teenager. What kind of progress, what kind of development have you seen out of him over the course of, of this season there in Stockton? Yeah, he's a really talented kid. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, the, the biggest thing for us is uh, that we needed to build a, a, a firm trust foundation and i think we have that um he was doing some things mechanically that were very complicated and that being said uh even with his complicated uh, mechanics he was still leading the the cal league in homers and like you said walking a lot but at the same time punching out a lot so once we st once we started to uh be able to get to him about simplifying his uh, mechanics of his his approach and eliminate some of the bigger movements and so many movements. Once that happened, he started to take off again. Uh, so now it's a matter of him being able to polish up, you know, what we're, what we're trying to get him to do and become comfortable with it. And then who knows, maybe we tap into the Texas league home run champion. <laughs> now I know, I know early on he was definitely uh, having some trouble handling the breaking ball. Do you feel uh, he's, he's improved his, his ability uh, in, in that regard at all? I believe uh, that uh, the complicated moves uh, did not help. Uh, I 
truly believe that once he starts to feel very comfortable with the uh, the new mechanics, that uh, those strikeout numbers will come down. Uh, the last time I saw him, he did a very good job of laying off breaking balls away. Um, and then it's just a matter of, uh, you know, continuing to move forward and, you know, work for pitches that you can get to hit and, and then not miss them when you get them. Um, <laughs> it's not always about the last pitch that strikes you out. It's about how you get there sometimes. Right. Well, the other guy there at Stockton that uh, is of great interest is your uh, former first-round draft pick from a couple years ago, outfielder Austin Beck. Again, another very young guy. Um, you know, he and uh, Lazaro are uh, roughly the same same age. Where do you feel Beck's at at this point? You feel he's made progress this year, and and what are you working on with him? And and what hurdles are you hoping to see him overcome at this stage of his development? Yeah, I, I think uh, he is uh, getting better. And, you know, for a 20-year-old to compete, be competing in the Cal League the way he is, I think is a tribute to him and his abilities. Um, it is a learning curve, though. And uh, there are a lot of, like, former high-round picks and Division One college pitchers in that league. Um, so they know what they're doing. Uh, so he's, he's learning trial by fire. And... Uh, He's getting better. I mean, this guy's hitting almost 260. Uh, he's got a, a more home runs than he hit last year. Um, so we're going to bring him to instructional league, and we're going to hopefully polish up some some areas so that uh, you know that he can go home and work on some things and and even get better. So when he comes back next year, he'll be uh, ready to compete at even a higher level. Well, let me ask you about one final guy, and that's your, your first-round draft pick from this year, uh, Logan Davidson. I don't know how much you've uh, had the opportunity to put your eyes directly on him, but I know when he started out at Vermont, he got off to a slow start. You know, he was hitting in, hitting in the 100s for a while, but here in the last few weeks, he's really picked it up, and I know, uh, I think he's been hitting in, uh, over 300 in August, and he's... Uh, you know, hit a few home runs now, uh, seems to be coming into his own, starting to feel a little more comfortable. But what are your impressions of this year's first-round draft pick, uh, shortstop Logan Davidson? Yeah, I've had a decent amount of time with him so far, and uh, it uh, I, I was there when he was struggling. And, you know, he was just uh, – I think he was trying to, uh, you know, prove that to the world that he was a first-round pick, and he was trying right. too hard. and. You know, he's uh, applying a lot of undue stress and pressure to himself uh, that he didn't need to do. Um, and now uh, he's actually settling in and starting to play play the game that he's capable of. Um, talented kid. He's big. Uh, he's lanky, strong. Um, I'm really looking forward to him uh, going to instructional league and then getting some time off and then coming back to spring training. And then we'll really see what we have at that point in time. Uh, like all the younger kids, we always talk about them improving their strength and conditioning and all that kind of stuff. And I think that time off will be a great opportunity for him to be able to accomplish those things. And then uh, lastly, he uh, by being able to get into the pro game and, and see what you have to face pitching-wise uh, from the opponents night after night is uh, is challenging. Uh, unlike college where you, you, know, you might see a really good guy on Friday and it tapers down from there. Um, <laughs> You know, in pro ball, there's a there's a lot more of those guys uh, almost on a nightly basis. So, um, just just the knowledge of uh, what the competition's like is going to help him for next year. Oh, I'm sure it will. And I know you you've mentioned instructional league. I think the the schedule on that's all moved up a little bit this year. Is that right? When when is the instructional league uh, scheduled to start for you guys? Yeah, I think we're going to start a week earlier. So it's right around the 
uh, 10th of September, I think. And, um, you know, it's usually a, uh, it's a great uh, time to teach and work on some weaknesses and, uh, strengthen some strengths and, uh, just the, the knowledge of, uh, uh, that we're able to, you know, give those kids in that short period of time, a lot of classroom time. And, uh, along with the, uh, you know, swinging the bat and hitting the machine and doing all the things that you need to do along the way. Yeah, well, I guess it's just it's starting just about a week after the uh, minor league season ends, so uh, it, won't, it won't be too much downtime there. Everybody will be back in action uh, pretty quickly, but I'm sure you're eager to get down there and uh, get a good look at those guys and start start working on them uh, on some things with them this year, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's a really exciting time, and it's uh, you know I think as for a coordinator, it's one of the best times of the year for us. Right, right. You can actually work on some things with without the distraction of uh, of everything else going on. I imagine. That's that's right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, it's great talking to you. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thanks so much for taking the time out to chat with us today, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again, Jim. Sounds good. My pleasure. And thanks to all of you out there for listening to this edition of our A's Farm podcast. Be sure to check back in for the next episode. And don't forget that you can always find daily updates on the A's top prospects and all the daily action in the A's minor league system on our A's Farm website at athleticsfarm.com. That's athleticsfarm.com. Thanks again. I'm A's Farm Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty, and we'll see you again down on the farm. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 